Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Once, I reviewed each of his works in the chronological order of publication, but Ka is a wheel, it all goes round again, and here I am once more, um, back on the new phase of the journey, examining each of the endings of the works of Stephen King to determine whether or not King deserves his reputation for having an inability to successfully land his endings. The focus of the podcast is going to be to examine the climax, falling action, and resolution of the endings of each of his novels and break it down by character, themes, conflict, and plot to determine whether or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I'll also weigh in on whether or not I happen to personally and subjectively like the ending. So I'm going to get right into it. Today we are talking about the conclusion to the dark half. Um, This is an interesting... uh, entry into the the works of Stephen King um it sort of kicks off a a new phase of his um well actually I would say that probably uh that that phase was kicked off with the Tommyknockers which I covered last week uh what we start to see and I'll get into this uh a little bit but we we see in the the next 10 or so books that he writes, he starts to go really big. And if you consider Stephen King's Origins, which is a telepathic, telekinetic girl in a small town, vampires coming to a small town, um, three people trapped in a haunted house, um, possessed car, rabid dog, psychic that can see the future, Though they have fantastical elements for sure, he always grounded them with a with a reality that was very recognizable. What he started to do with the Tommyknockers uh, and the Dark Half, and what we'll see in Needful Things, Insomnia, Rose Matter, Desperation, The Regulators, he starts to go really big with his concepts. They start to become very fantastical. We start to see magic, you know, that magical things are happening. There's a lot, there's a, these are big supernatural um, concepts that are occurring um, that, you know, he, he shifts into another gear. Um, and I, I think that this phase uh, can often be derided by um, fans and critics. And I'm very curious to see if his reputation for endings, specifically his inability to land an ending, um, starts to develop with this stretch that we have, um, I'm not sure. uh, Because so far in this particular examination of Stephen King's works by looking at the endings, based on the criteria that um, I'm using, uh, he's doing okay, you know. So far, uh, I I have happened to personally like 17 out of 17 endings, and uh, 15 out of 17 um, using the criteria that we'll we'll use on the dark half. 
um, I've been able to determine that as objective as one can be in an experiment like this, um, they, they've been good. They've been solid payoffs to the themes, to the characters, to the plot. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how much of the criticism that goes towards King's quote-unquote inability to land an ending comes from that subjective realm and, and what you want out of King and whether or not the more fantastical elements are just maybe too much for readers um, or if, they, if there is a, a level of preference. Um, you know, King is not by any means perfect. None of us are. Um, and with the sheer amount of content that he has put out throughout the years, he, you know, he, he's, he's not going to have a completely unblemished record. But looking at this so far, I, I, I think that his endings are, are, are very potent and appropriate for what he had established in uh, the story leading up to the endings themselves. Um, so this is just a long way of saying that the, the next, um, you know, 10 or so episodes, I'm going to be very curious to see what, what occurs, um, during my examination. Um, and, and I would love your thoughts. So if you have any thoughts on the dark half, if you have any thoughts on any of the books coming up, which includes the wastelands, I didn't include the wastelands. Um, oh yeah, let's include the wastelands in the conversation because that's clearly a fantastical concept it's in line with what he has established previously with the dark tower series but um for sure uh needful things we also have his his stretch um in which he is exploring um uh the the life and struggles of of one of womanhood and abuse sexual and physical abuse and we see that with uh Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne, um, Insomnia and Rose Matter, we see that a lot. So that, that stretch is also included um, within this run. Um, but, uh, but Insomnia is, is a big, big concept of a novel. Rose Matter um, is very magical um, and borderline fantasy. Um, we have Green Mile and then Desperation and, and the Regulators, that one-two punch of Stephen King and Richard Bachman, um, two sides telling uh, the same story. Um, the, 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 the character of Tack um, and, and how he plays out in a Stephen King story versus how he plays out in a Richard Bachman story um, create very, creates a very big villain um, that is one of the, that, that is more in line with the, the the it entity in its truest form um, as we see with the deadlights than it is with um, you know like Cujo so uh, if you have any thoughts on any of those books uh, write into Stephen Kingcast at yahoo.com and uh, if you have any spare time please write into or um, please leave a review on iTunes it would really really help me out so um, that is just the the preface for getting into the dark half um, Hey, before we get into the uh, 
the discussion around the ending of the dark half. Let's book. Let's look back to, to last week when we talked about the ending of the Tommyknockers. So on Twitter, I put out a poll, and I asked you all to just vote what you thought. The ending of the Tommyknockers. What did you think? Feel free. Feel free to expand your thoughts with a comment. Um, that was an option. That's something I'm going to do more of. Um, but it was interesting to to just watch this poll. I kept going back to it. Um, you know, throughout the day, just to see how it, how it was going. And at first, the every vote that came in um, was overwhelmingly negative. Um, you know, there was more more votes for bad. Um, but then by the end, uh, the the results were this: fifty eight point eight percent voted that Tommy Knockers had a good ending, and forty one point two percent voted that it was a bad ending and that is not what I had expected and then over on Facebook here are uh, some of the comments that uh, were left in regards to the ending of the Tommyknockers Scott wrote a real stop the earth I want to get off ending sort of reminiscent of the ending of Dark Star I liked it Bryant wrote uh, I think it's an underrated novel, but even so, I think the ending is strong. The arcs for the two main characters come to satisfyingly tragic ends, and the imagery of the ship lifting off is memorable. Jeff writes, Honestly, I really liked it. I had never given the book a chance based on stigma until I heard your original review. Despite being generally insufferable, the protagonist taking it upon himself to fly a dead alien starship into the vastness of space was completely redeeming, not to mention powerfully disturbing, when juxtaposed against our perception of our place in the universe. I'm going to uh, jump in. That That's a fantastic way of framing the ending there. Um, Jeff continues... I also enjoyed the page time given to the shop and found it interesting that similar to good drug addicts trying to go cold turkey, the remaining residents had been exposed to the alien atmosphere for so long, a normal, healthy environment was now toxic and lethal to them. That is so thoughtful. That's such a thoughtful analysis on the conclusion of that uh, book. Great job, Jeff, for that. Um, and then Mikey writes, uh, one of King's strongest endings. So despite my personal, well, it wasn't personal because uh, I, uh, I I still like the ending, but I, I you know, uh, voted that it was a quote-unquote bad ending, but it looks like based on what everyone is is writing, um, th- there's a lot of love out there for the Tommyknockers, and that, that, that warms my heart. And then lastly, um, I received an email specific to the Tommyknockers. Ian writes, I I don't think you need to be an apologist for the Tommyknockers. Just because King doesn't like it himself doesn't mean the fans have to agree with him. It's a great read. The Tommyknockers remains this day one of my favorite King books precisely because it's a wild piece of writing. I always loved Guard, his mad night at the party that ends up at the beach with that boy. I'm going to insert myself here. Um... Spoiler alert for the talisman, but that boy is not just that boy. That boy is traveling Jack Sawyer. Okay, uh, Ian continues. There's magic in there. I also think of the time it came out, the 80s, and the cult films of that time, especially Repo Man, which also deals with UFOs and aliens with the same kind of irreverent sense of humor. 
Obviously, the book owes a lot to the film Quartermass in the pit, but the Tommyknockers has more of the same cult tone as Repo Man. It's not for everybody, clearly, but if it's for you, then it's a pretty precious thing because it seems like it was made just for you. I also think King was playing with his fans a bit with it. He built up a loyal fan base at that point, and I think he was poking them a bit, giving them a shake. Thanks for the podcast. He gave the Tommyknockers an honest hearing, and I'm glad you like it too. Ian. Ian, thank you for writing in. So I'm going to start reading the Wikipedia for some context so that we can uh, just have a basis to, to talk about the ending. So Thad Beaumont is an author and recovering alcoholic who lives in the town of Ludlow, Maine. Thad's own books, cerebral literary fiction, are not successful. However, under the pen name George Stark, he writes highly successful crime novels about a violent killer named Alexis Machine. When Thad's authorship of Stark's novels become public knowledge, Thad and his wife Elizabeth decide to stage a mock burial for his alter ego at the local cemetery, which is featured in a People magazine article. Stark's epitaph says it all, not a very nice guy. Stark, however, emerges from the mock grave as a physical entity, complete with the personality traits that Thad exhibited while writing as Stark, such as drinking heavily and smoking Pall Mall cigarettes. He then goes on a killing spree, gruesomely murdering everyone he perceives as responsible for his death, Thad's editor, agent, and the people interviewer, among others. Thad, meanwhile, is plagued by surreal nightmares. Stark's murders are investigated by Alan Pangborn, the sheriff of the neighboring town of Castle Rock, who finds Thad's voice and fingerprints at the crime scenes. This evidence and Thad's unwillingness to answer his question causes Pangborn to believe that Thad, despite having alibis, is responsible for the murders. Later, it's discovered that Stark has the same fingerprints as Thad, a clue to the twinship he and Thad share. Thad eventually discovers that both he and Stark share a mental bond and begins to find notes from Stark um, written in his own handwriting. The notes tell that what activity Stark has been engaging in. Observing his son and daughter, Thad notes that twins share a unique bond. They can feel each other's pain and at times appear to read each other's minds. Using this as a key to his own situation, he begins to discover even deeper meaning behind himself and Stark. Pangborn eventually learns that Thad had an unborn twin brother who was absorbed into Thad in utero and later removed from his brain when the author was a child. He had suffered from severe headaches and was originally thought to be a tumor causing them. The neurosurgeon who removed it um, found the following inside, part of a nostril, some fingernails, some teeth, and a malformed human eye. This leads to questions about the true nature of Stark, whether he is a malevolent spirit with its own existence or Thad himself manifesting an alternate personality. Thad eventually destroys Stark, but the book ends on an unhappy note with Thad's wife having serious doubts about the future of their relationship. She's appalled that Thad not only created Stark, if unintentionally, but that a part of him liked Stark. Okay, so in order to talk about this, um, I'm going to ask a series of questions about the, this criteria for a good ending. So the first is, does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters that are consistent with the character's actions, the conflicts, and the themes of the book? And I would say absolutely. Thad, Wendy, the twins, Alan, even George, even George Stark, they're fully established characters, um, and their conclusions are appropriate for what King had established um, throughout the novel. Um, it is, the book is many things. It is a, it's a mystery, it's pulpy, um, you know, it's, it's a relentless pursuit, quasi-revenge uh, thriller, um, and the characters function 
very appropriately for each of the genres that that King has managed to to, to blend and smash together um, in 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 this particular book. Um, you know, I I just in the Wikipedia summary it. It talks about uh, how it ends on a on a down note and spoiler alert for um, the lives of the Beaumonts post Dark Half. Seriously, spoiler alert because we learn the fates of the characters um, from the way that King operates. You know, he'll he'll sprinkle in information in in later books. So we learn what happens to them, and, and Thad winds up committing suicide. Um, that that's appropriate for a character. Um, who has struggles uh, with depression throughout the the the, the book? Um, so the, the way that it ends on, you know, the the villain is vanquished for sure, but at what cost? That is that's an appropriate conclusion, um, and it, it's it's what we see with with Alan, Alan, who will be later explored in in Needful Things, um, the the seeds for his journey. Um, and his experience that they, they, they are planted here, um, you know, and, and, uh, did I say Wendy? I did not mean Wendy. I meant, uh, Liz. Um, but yeah. And then, then we have Liz who has to, um, deal with the baggage of, of her, her husband's past and his life and his insecurities and his mental hangups, um, you know, his obsessions, his addictions, uh, these are, you know, George Stark is a wonderful metaphor for the darker personalities um, within, within a, uh, within a partner in a uh, in a marriage that that King will later explore in a good marriage, um, and she has to weather it, and you know she suffers loss, she suffers tragedy, she has an abortion. I'm sorry, not an abortion, but a miscarriage, um, and she has to rally. And pull herself together in order to take care of her husband through it all, who who suffers a breakdown because of it. So, um, yes, I, I think that um, the characters are are fully developed, um, and and they the, the conclusion is consistent um, with with these characters and and how they have been built up. So yes, I'm. I, I believe that the the ending is an appropriate conclusion to what King had established of his characters in this novel. Plot-wise, does it successfully wrap up the plot? Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? Um, I'm going to argue yes. If you have a counter-argument to this, um, because I can see where there is an argument. I don't agree with the argument, but I do want to hear your argument if you argue otherwise. My interpretation of this book, when it comes to the plot, is that King has created a, uh, a high-octane um, pulpish murder spree um, that allows him to, to channel the, the ghost of Bachman um, while also utilizing his talents um, as the master of horror by building tangible dread around each of the murders and... Um, you know the, the 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 mystery and the the question that that hangs like a guillotine um, around when this murderer ghost monster is going to um, arrive at the doorstep of the Beaumonts and what is going to happen to the family when um, the ghost of a of a pseudonym slash child 
that was never born slash um, manifested personality of the main character, um, you know, comes descending upon the Beaumonts. It, it's it is a, a a wonderful mystery. It's a wonderful so it, it's it's many things like I'm trying to say here. It's um, you know King is able to uh, you know create um, you know that 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 pulp grindhouse type character while operating within a um, mystery slash supernatural thriller slash horror story and it's done very well um the mystery of george his pursuit of thad um his goal of of taking over thad's life um and his body um the sparrows which i'm going to get into um in the next question with themes the showdown in the cabin um you know the the events that occur build upon one another and it they push the plot forward and they push the characters forward but not at the expense of the characters themselves it's a strong plot um that includes a lot of magic um and supernatural they're, they're not undertones they are overtones um and it I, for me as a reader it keeps me gripped and i appreciate the the authorship that went into it now, I think that this is where objectivity and subjectivity really clash. This might be too fanciful for some people. The plot as it exists might be too much for people. But I believe that the, the building blocks that King put down to build this plot are very um, precisely placed and it builds a solid foundation. Um, so I, I think that this is where we need to talk about author's intent when um, crafting something with the Tommyknockers. Um, I don't know if his intent matched his actualization. And as a result, the Tommyknockers, there's a lot of messiness with the Tommyknockers. That's not as on display. This is a tighter story. Um, it's a tighter story that includes, like I said, a lot of supernaturalism. But I don't think that that is necessarily um, automatically a bad thing um, or a reason to be throwing the story out. So the conclusion with the plot, everything that happens at the end, the showdown, the psychopomps, um, the, the, the beginning of the soul switching and then going back um, and then the birds taking, you know, pecking him to death and... It, I think that it is very purposefully done with a masterful pen um, and the author's intent and the author's actualization of that intent are perfectly in line. The next question, does it conclude, uh, does the conclusion serve the themes, the, symbolo the symbolism, the motifs, etc.? Yes, um, throughout the novel we've had shared visions an undead creature being born to life, brutal murders, soul draining, body possession, and through it all, the threat of the psychopomps. The birds were baked into the beginning um, of the story, and the phrase, the sparrows are flying again, is one of the catchiest and most haunting Stephen King catchphrases in all of his bibliography. So for the birds, representing a supernatural outside force of judgment, 
coming in to swoop in and usher the soul of George Stark back into nothingness. It lines up with what he established from the beginning. The plot was established. It's a payoff to that. Thematically, the birds themselves are a nice balance of the natural and the supernatural. They swirl as a supernatural force, and yet they're still birds of this world. It fits with the duality of the tangible physicality and the impossible otherworldliness of George Stark. More so, when a baby is born, we have the story of the stork coming down to deliver the child in a basket. It's a wonderful dark mirror to that idea, the image of this murderous flock of birds pecking someone to death and carrying their souls back to nothingness. What is the most famous scene in the novel and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? This is a question I like to ask. It isn't necessarily, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just a question I like to ask. For me, it's the wild imagery of the birds draped over every inch of the woods um, and the cabin. And yes, it does appear in the conclusion, so I think that helps things. Are there other factors that we need to consider while discussing the dark half and its ending? Um, yeah, like I said, we're, we're, we're hitting a phase of King's career that has just big fantastical ideas. Um, you know, the, the, the supernatural elements start to get bigger. Magic's fully on display. Um, so like I said, starting with the Tommyknockers here at the Dark Half, we have the Wasteland, Need for Things, Insomnia, Rose Matter, Desperation, Regulators. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to explore if the conclusion to these novels are a little too fanciful for uh, the story that preceded each of them. You know, whether or not the supernatural roof of the endings collapse because the foundation just wasn't strong enough to hold it up. That's going to be the question that, that we have to ask. Um, another thing that we need to consider is when reading this novel and then, you know, the payoff to this novel, um, you know, if it is maybe too big or too fanciful, the, the book itself is so metatextual. You, you, have to, you have to bring that into it. You know, you, you can't read it divorced from the knowledge that King wrote with a pseudonym. Um, that King uh, was outed. And so this is an author writing a story around a pseudonym coming to life after he himself had a pseudonym that he had to bury, so to speak. Um, the, the world of publishing is, um, you know, the, the, the figures that exist within the world of publishing are, um, take front seat in a way that we haven't seen before. You know, we have had author protagonists, but the world of publishing itself hasn't really been examined or put through the ringer the way that, uh, the, it, it is here by this, this this undead character coming back to take his revenge. So there is a, as brutal as the, the, the murders are, and they are brutal murders, um, the fact that they are occurring within the publishing industry by a, by, you know, intellectual property almost, um, you know, the, there's some commentary there, and it's a high concept baked into this story. So to dismiss the ending um, of this ending uh, with the psychopomps um, for being high concept, it, it would be disingenuous because the entire story is high concept. And I think it's appropriate um, for, for what, uh, what preceded it. 
Um, so here, there's two questions I'm going to ask now. Do I like the ending? Yeah, I love the ending. Personally speaking, I love this ending. I think that is wild. Um, King goes for it, and he should be rewarded for it. Personally speaking, that's that's my subjective um, approach. My objective approach is a good ending. Yeah, yes, I can't argue that it is not a good ending. Like I said, I think that some people are not going to like it because it might be too fanciful. Um, and as I headed into this exploration, I, I wondered if if the birds at the end would function too much like a um, Deus Ex Machina. Uh, and if that's the case, then yeah, I would I would have to you know, knock it down. Um, but they receded from the very beginning. The mystery is explored throughout the novel. Um, and it makes sense for what King established within the parameters of this novel. It's a big ending, but I don't think it's an undeserved ending for um, what he, he established. So um, I want to have more of a conversation around the dark half. So if you do not agree with me, um, I, I, I need to hear your side of things. So please write in to stephenkingcast at yahoo.com because we're going to be getting into some um, some heavier discussions um, in, in in the next um, stretch of episodes around the that 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 line between objectivity and subjectivity. Um, you know, I, I'm very interested in uh, having the conversation around needful things and insomnia and rose matter um, specifically. Um, books that uh, I, I think are talked about a lot as as not being his best, and um, you know I have a lot of thoughts on each of those books, and I want to see what their endings, um, what they do to the conversation around the books, and whether they are not objectively good endings, whether you know they they are quote-unquote bad endings and, and why they are bad endings if that is the case so let me know your thoughts on any of these um upcoming books let me know your thoughts on the conclusion to the dark half um do you think it is a bad ending do you happen to like this ending do you agree that you know if you don't like the ending do you feel it is a good ending um let me know your thoughts on the dark half and any of the books coming up or any of the books that we have talked about so far um, by writing into the Stephen King cast, sorry, Stephen King cast at yahoo.com. And like I said earlier in this, this episode, if you have any time on your hands, please write into um, or uh, leave a review on iTunes. It would really help me out. And that's all I got this week, guys. So may you have long days and pleasant nights. And I will see you here next week where M O O N spells Stephen King cast. Little spell.